I'm Neil. I'm Bo. I'm Simon. And together we are the three Peacocks. We're here to talk about all things Leeds, uh, transfers, uh, history and, and comments on the games, uh, the rumours um, and topical news re regarding all things Leeds. So we're going to come to you each week uh, on a podcast called The Three Peacocks and we're looking forward to listening to you. I want to thank all our listeners. We've got listeners from I think around 25 states in the United States now and and around uh, 15 countries in the world so thank you to everybody for listening and we'll try and make this fun and interesting and we're learning as we go we're not going to take it too seriously and we're just here to shoot the breeze and as I say talk all things Leeds. Okay, hi everybody, welcome to episode eight of the Three Peacocks. Delighted to uh, welcome our guests today. We've got uh, Charlie and Mark from the Atlanta Whites here. So welcome Charlie and Mark. And we're gonna hear from Charlie and Mark in a minute to share with us their, their thoughts and their history be behind the Atlanta Whites. And I think they've got some interesting stories to tell. So we've got high expectations on the stories, guys. So um, we're obviously on international break England won just yesterday I watched the game um pretty poor performance B team was playing good to see Calvin on end of story USA play today uh guess what um Tyler Adams injured always mm -hmm. surprised no um <laughs> Aronson's playing for the under 19 so that's a joke but probably <laughs> true and then uh, McKenney I think he's up for it we'll see what happens there but they play at lunchtime today so good luck to the US anyway so but not necessarily the Leeds players so Without further ado, I just want to say hello to, to Charlie Mark. Hi, and welcome. How do? All right, all right. Well, a privilege to be on. Okay, so um, we've got a, a few questions. Let me let me start start you off with, if you could just do a quick intro about the about yourself and the and the Atlanta Whites and what you've done. I think you've been involved in some of the initiatives at Ellen Road over time as well, directly. And I've seen you on some of the pictures and things with. Was it Paul Trevelli? I'm not sure which ones you're involved with, or the some of the murals. But anyway, just give us a quick intro about yourselves, and then we'll start with some questions. Um, Charlie, would you like to kick us off? You want me to go first, Mark? Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, so I've been in the states for probably twenty, twenty seven, twenty eight years. Uh, I was uh, I was born in Huddersfield. Uh, grew up in Huddersfield and Brighouse, uh, which really neighbours, right? Yeah, I, I lived in Brickhouse for quite a while. Did you? Well, yeah. it's, it's not, it seems to be it's it's sort of sort of mixed territory there, but there's a big Huddersfield town influence. And uh, yeah, but, well, actually, I spent most of my early footballing days with my dad going to watch Huddersfield Town because you couldn't yeah. get tickets for Leeds. So uh, yeah, well, I, I did the same. Uh, I actually, up until the age of ten, I a lot of the time we went one week to Huddersfield and the next week to Leeds. And then at sort of ten years old, I decided it was a lot more exciting watching uh, watching Leeds. And a lot of the time, it was because of what was going on on the terraces instead of what was going on on the pitch. But uh, as a ten-year-old, you sort of watched in awe, and uh, you know, then Dad sort of grabbed your hand and said, "Come on, get out of here," you know. So, but uh, and so I, you know, I made my choice then, and uh, and through the uh, uh, through the eighties and nineties, followed 
Leeds home and away when uh, when I wasn't actually playing as well. So um, then I moved to uh, moved to Atlanta in the uh, probably the mid nineties um, and uh, and discovered the uh, dis- discovered a couple of people uh, um, in the sort of late nineties uh, that were in Atlanta. But I actually moved to a very small southern town called Dalton, Georgia. Uh, which is just famous really for making carpet, uh, and uh, it's very much a. Uh, it's there certainly weren't many Brits in that town, that's for sure. Well, just, <laughs> just like Huddersfield with the carpet and wool industry, right as well. So similar. yeah, there is a connection. We're in the machinery. Uh, we're in the machinery business for for textiles, handful carpets. So that's kind of how it all tied in together. Cool. Okay. Can you tell everybody why you left Dalton, Charlie, or is that for the R-rated version of the podcast? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I left, I found myself spending most weekends uh, in Atlanta, especially when I discovered there were other Leeds fans in Atlanta. Um, and they became, uh, they became rather long weekends, arriving on a Friday, coming back on a Monday morning. Not in a particularly great state. Uh, but, I, you know, I was in my late 20s, early 30s. Um, and, uh, and so, but then eventually I decided that... Uh, even though I was still working in Dalton, that I wanted to live in Atlanta. And then I said I did the reverse commute. And, uh, and I've been in Atlanta probably about 17, 18 years. You told me you ran out of single women in Dalton. That's what I remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting going there as a, as a sort of uh, 25, 26-year-old uh, in, uh, in Dalton, Georgia, being about the only English guy in town. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite... Probably the only English guy they'd ever heard, right? And uh, yeah, well, there was a bit of a language barrier, I have to say that. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Charlie, is it true um, that uh, you and your, uh, sorry, that your dad and Trevor Cherry were best friends? That's very true, yeah. Uh, they were, and he was a big reason why I came to the United States was Trevor. Uh, he was at my 21st birthday party. And Trevor doesn't never used to drink much, but he had three or four pints at that. It was a Sunday lunchtime, and he and he sort of you know he sort of loose, loosened up a bit. And uh, he was a great guy, but he you know he didn't he didn't drink you know a huge amount. But uh, for you know four or five pints, Trevor was quite a bit. And uh, and he sort of and he sort of told me you know if you if you've got a chance to travel and to experience working in another country, do it. Um, you know, Trevor actually. Huddersfield Town, Bradford City, Leeds United. So, yeah. um, but uh, so and Andy bought me a set of suitcases for my twenty-first birthday. <laughs> that was a bit of a hint. Um, and and he was also in in business. Uh, he was involved in one of our businesses as well. So it, and they became best friends. Uh, my father and uh, my father and Trevor. And um, just a, a nice story, uh, even though it's very sad. Uh, what happened, you know, to Trevor, it was very sudden. But I had the privilege of being at the final game that Trevor ever attended, and it was the final game before COVID shut the world down. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll remember it for the Luke A. Yeah, against Huddersfield Town. Uh, and we were we were literally uh, 10 seats from the Huddersfield supporters, of which I probably knew about a couple of dozen. Um, but the funny moment that day... Uh, was not only were we right bang behind Luke Ayling and his wonderful celebration, but we were actually arrived in the car, uh, me, myself, uh, Trevor and my dad, 
and we were going in the main entrance and the barrier there in the west stand is where all the away fans are and the away fans spotted trevor and he went oh trevor you know you know I, and they sort of came over to the barrier and they said to they said to trevor uh, you know with him being a huddersfield lad and starting his career at huddersfield you know you'll be supporting us today to what you trevor and Trevor's, you know, ever the ever the diplomat, he said, oh, I'm neutral, I'm neutral, you know. So we just got past the door, walked into the entrance, he turns to me and he goes, you know, I didn't mean a word of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Trevor, Trevor was late, he was late United. Sorry, no, it's not, he was undervalued. Like he came in at the end of the Super League era, didn't he? And he played some important games. I think he, he captained did. England as well, didn't he? Didn't he captain England once or Yeah, twice? he captained yeah. England um, in a friendly in Australia, and he also lost his two front teeth in Argentina um, when he punched one of the Argentinian players. Or no, he took one of the Argentinian players out from you know a tackle, and the Argentinian got up and punched him, knocked his two front teeth out, and Trevor got sent off. So, uh, yeah, that was unlike him, wasn't it? Anyway, yeah. So, but one of the, one of the most treasured things we got is that uh, when my dad turned fifty, Trevor gave him one of his England caps. Wow. So that is uh, that is absolute. Uh, you know that that's like uh, that's so precious. You know, in our family, it's uh, it's wonderful, wonderful guy. Well, oh, wonderful story. And so, Mark, how about you? Have we got any time left? <laughs> <laughs> we got twenty five minutes. <laughs> Pretty similar story to Charlie, to be honest. He came over with work in the late 90s. And I think it was probably Bellwood that I somehow got his number and I called him up, had a long chat, and he said, there's a couple of lads just starting to, um, you know, meet up and watch the games in Atlanta. And, you know, as Charlie said in one of our emails the last couple of days, we're both really struggling to piece together the very early days of this. <laughs> a long time and a lot of pints of Guinness ago. But it there was definitely Charlie, uh, Jerry Gafford, who's kind of a legend in these parts. He's, he's about 120 years old from Mississippi with Scottish heritage and he's followed Leeds since the 60s. And he still has both of his parents alive, which I still can't get my head around. So, uh, so there was, there was Charlie, Jerry... Uh, possibly Nick Cook, who uh, might talk about a little bit later. Um, Rob Marshall, who's no longer with us now, which was one of the big kind of moments of the last 10 years when Rob passed. Um, what is the Northern Irish guy called? Paul, Paul, Paul McGowan. I, Paul McGowan. Yeah. I saw him in Washington about a couple of weeks ago when I went up to see Clay. Oh, yeah. And I think the common thread was Bellwood had sort of put all of these, this original group of four or five together. I kind of joined them. Uh, Jerry and Rob were at a wedding present concert a few weeks later with the league shirts on and Fran Coleman saw them and went over and said hello. So, you know, over that years around the turn of the millennium, we kind of ended up with about a dozen people who... Um, and, you know, so it's a little bit blurry, but it was kind of very organic like that. As more, you know, quite a few Brits were coming over at the time. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was just, it was just, Bellwood was the glue, like he probably, probably did for many other cities as we were all trying to find our feet, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Well, Mark, in, in doing a little research for this too, I have a question for you. Is it true that, uh, 
that you do some pottery and that you enjoy attending the symphony from time to time. Which... <laughs> Fuck you, Charlie. <laughs> so I do pottery. I've been doing it for 10 years and um, I kind of I've developed this technique where you can take photographing images and burn it into pottery in the firing process. So I do a lot of lead stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Bellwood sent me a lot of the uh, LUST uh, stuff they put in on underneath the East Stand, and they did all of those very great murals for the FA yeah. Cup. Yeah. So I've got a big stack of tiles over here that I'm going to be spending the next couple of months burning all of the great revies onto onto coasters, um, and I'll probably give them away to all of the Atlanta Whites as Christmas presents. So, yeah. No, brilliant. And uh, in terms of the symphony, I'm equally at home in the symphony as I am in the back room of the Earl watching an old punk band. So, you know, can all 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 ends of the spectrum there. No, love it. Okay. I apologize for my dog. Just uh, <laughs> his, ne his nemesis just came and delivered the letter, so he was getting all antsy about it. Yeah. So uh, the the first question that we had was, how do you think the season's going? Is it better or worse than expectations? I think from the shit show that was the summer, I think it's been great. Uh, I think that Fark's done a, you know, pretty darn good job of steadying the ship. And, you know, we all want to win every game. We all want to be doing what Leicester are doing. But, you know, the turmoil we had over that over the summer was just, it was just, you know, same old league shit, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to get to be where we are now, with you know all those all those new players playing alongside each other, um, I'm 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 pretty happy with the start. Yeah, I, I mean I, I tend to, tend to agree. I, I think the frustrating point about it was, and it came across in the in the the interview with Angus Kinnear with Square Ball was that 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 you know the previous owner really was hanging on to probably one season too long, and then uh, and then really this summer. You know, it was the time to really move. Obviously, the football league didn't help us. Uh, you know, delaying the, the approval. But you know, I, I believe if we'd have had a settled pre-season, we'd be in one of those top two spots. Um, I still think it's possible, uh, but uh, but I think Farker has got the potential to uh, to have legendary status. I think. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I agree. I think he, I think he's done remarkably well. I feel now we're going into every game with the possibility of winning it, just like we did in the 90s and obviously in the 70s as well. Um, so, um, question for you, Charlie. So what, what does it mean to be part of the group in Atlanta to you personally? And what do you see as that special source in terms of the chemistry and getting people there and the chemistry you generate and how you get people to come each, each Saturday when playing Saturdays during the week if you do that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I mean, for me personally, it was it was the start of a of a social life in Atlanta. That you know, I mean, I was you know, I was in a, a small town ninety miles north, and and um, you know, not not any real friends up there uh, down in Atlanta. You know, it, it was it created a, a social life for me, uh, and then you know, I met a lot of people. So personally, it's fantastic. Um, but uh, I think for us that we're a we're a very welcoming group. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from, uh, you, you know, American, British, whatever, you know, what, 
what part of the UK because actually there's not you know there's a few Yorkshire lads but we've got people from everywhere um, in in the UK too so um, and and it it's also you know we can laugh at ourselves as well and we're not we're not taking it seriously so at the end of the world if we lose uh, we you know we take the piss if we win and uh, you know so they're a sort of you know friend friend the group and. Uh, you know, it's always funny watching rival fans sort of peek round into the dark cove of Fado, where we are known that is our place. Yes, yeah. So they sort of look round; it's a dark place. Better not going there. So yeah, I, th- I think following Leeds, you've always got to have a sense of humour, and you know, maybe a black sense of humour as well. You know, it's uh, it really helps, and it's you know, it sort of bonds everybody together, doesn't it? That you know that Absolutely. you know know that everything can you know only get worse. Better. It's interesting as well that all the pubs have your you have your section. I mean, we were in Denver. We had our section when we were in Denver. Not so much now, but all, and then you had Man United, you had Chelsea, you had Arsenal. So that's good that we all have our little sections. And there's like ten fans in each section with their own TV and their shirt and their scarf above the TV. Uh, Mark, how about you? Yeah, pr- pretty similar to Charlie. It was you know I didn't know anybody when I came to Atlanta. I didn't even really know where Atlanta was when I landed. So. Uh, I had all my winter clothes, which I didn't need, you know. Um, but it was it was friendly faces, and you know, to Charlie's point, you know, it, it became more than just getting together once a week to wire an old HDMI cable up to a dodgy TV in the back before all the string, all the formal streaming was there. We started to hang out outside the Leeds games with, you know, we had the same kind of music, beer, Indian food kind of sense. And, you know, it, I've got some really close friends that I see, you know, we went to, the bunch of us went to a, went to see Morrissey at the Fox Theatre last a couple of nights ago, you know. So there's, it became more, it transcended the Leeds experience. And if there were, you know, if there'd have been a bunch of arseholes and that just, on, the only thing we had in common was watching Leeds, then it wouldn't have been half as fulfilling as, as it's been over the last 20 years. So we, we keep going back, you know, for those keep having us, they, um, they've got, um, they've got the, the senior barman that, that served us in three different locations for those in Atlanta over the last 20 years is a big Arsenal fan. Uh, the, the, the manager of the bar is a Liverpool fan, but the critical thing is that the owner of the bar is a Dublin white. And, you know, it is always found as a TV, always found as a spot. And no matter how illegal those feeds have been over the years, we've always (laughs) been able to plug it into a TV in the left back left corner, which is our home. We have absolutely covered the place with, you know, high quality um, uh, memorabilia in all framed. It looks really nice back there. So if you're ever in the Buckhead area of Atlanta, go off and check check that back left bar there it's it's kind of a home for home um and we just keep going back because they're a bunch of nice people you know we also get served uh, earlier on the sunday generally uh, than the rest so you know it's like you're waiting for that that time slot where they can actually legally serve but we're always at the front of the queue and, and in, in I, think, addition, I think Liverpool. I think Liverpool fans actually have to wait until after half an hour after they've started serving. Like. So we still got archaic licensing laws in Georgia, but what we'll find on a Sunday morning that your your, your white coffee cup might not be full of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you know, we, we know that you know, sort of as you're growing each of these Leeds United groups, you know, across the states, you've faced challenges, but you know, it looks as though you've you know found that way of you know developing that sense of community, you know, and you know, making your know, friends which actually go you know beyond you know just supporting Leeds. What are some of the challenges that you faced and you know what you've overcome? Is there anything that you can recommend to other groups who are you know trying to grow you know that you know, sense of support, you know, wherever they might be in, you know, in the States. And you take that there, Mark, based on the traffic's probably one of our biggest ones, isn't it, midweek? Yeah, so, you know, I think, I think the lesson is you've got to do it organically. You can't force it. You've got to welcome people. You've got to, you know, you've got to be, do all the right things. We've, we've, we've bought merchandise. We kind of, you know, we charge the regulars a couple of dollars more for the T-shirt so that we can give it away, give a T-shirt away to a prospect, you know, somebody that's showing an interest. So we've done lots of little things like that over the years, but we've never really forced the issue. We've been quite happy whether there's 10, 15, 20 or 50 people in that little bar at the back of the those. So the challenges we face are trying to, you know, with, you know, less than you a little bit because you're two hours behind us, but some of those starts are brutal. You know, seven thirty and eight o'clock for us on a on a Sunday, brutal. But you know, when we've when we've got an opportunity to meet, we do. And then the midweek games have started to become a bit contentious because Charlie's and Charlie and the Northsiders have a relatively easy drive home from Fado's midweek. Us downtowners, it's brutal. And as we've got a bit older, bollocks. As we got a bit older. <laughs> Bear with, bear with me. As we got older, we've struggled to do the journey back with eight pints of Guinness inside you, in the stuck in the traffic. You know the um, the bladders are not as strong as they used to be. So we've we've, we've kind of we've, there's a lot of us that live downtown that have kind of um, you know we kind of we don't get to for those much midweek. That's one of our biggest challenges. And you know there's some great midweek games, especially in the championship. So. But you know, we've just we've just never forced the issue. We've you know we've always welcomed people, and we've um, you know we've we've just taken it as it comes. And you know, the, we don't. The only people that have really disappeared from the group over the years are the ones that have moved out of Atlanta. Um, we've had people move. You know, one of the early guys was a guy called Adrian Dingle, who's quite famous on Twitter for being a bit uh, a little bit negative, controversial. Um, he was uh, he was one of the you know he was there pretty early on and he moved up somewhere up into the Midwest. Uh, Paul McGowan that we talked about moved to Washington, but most people that stay in Atlanta, you know, come back and we've we've known each other for twenty years now. A lot of us, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm originally from Georgia, so I know the. Uh, I mean, I'm from South Georgia, but in I used to go to Atlanta every summer. Um, my dad would always take us to. Uh, a Braves game. My sister and I, um, at least one, we'd go to Six Flags. Um, yeah, so we would always go to Atlanta. So I know the traffic, I know the area uh, and the challenges, but um, growing up in Georgia, so I know that there's a different culture in the South than maybe uh, you Yorkshiremen are used to. Um, and can you just tell us, um, have you experienced any culture clashes or, or what that, those different cultures coming together? Um, we'd just love to hear uh, any good stories that you may have about the, the changing and the difference of culture. Well, I right at the beginning, I used to have a flag, 
um, that I had made back in England. And uh, it was obviously it was the St. George Cross uh, with the usual LUFC in each quadrant. And then in the middle, it said Georgia White. And so, you know, there was one or two people that thought we were a chapter <laughs> of the Blue Clubs clan. <laughs> I actually got lost at one of the parties in Dalton that did that flag. So, uh, yeah, we, sometimes then we had to explain uh, the fact that we're the Atlanta Whites or the Georgia Whites that, uh, you know, we're not what some might think we are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree with Charlie there. We have to be, you know, when we get a little bit raucous, um, you know, the, the typical songs are usual, marching on together, and then um, the next one up is usually We Hate Chelsea, and where we actually can get the whole pub singing, you know, We Hate Chelsea. Apart from the Chelsea corner, who are just looking there in bemusement. So, just like you were saying earlier, in the same pub, there's a massive group of Leeds fans, Liverpool fans, Chelsea fans. I, you just would never get that in the in England. You just would never get that. It was a recipe for absolute disaster, but for the most part, it kind of works out well, you know. Um, we've had very little conflict with them, Charlie, I don't think, you know. Over the no, year. I, I think the only time there was any bother, I think, was when... When England played the US in the World Cup, I think, <laughs> I think there was a little, I think there was a, got a bit feisty at one point there. But I think even Rangers and Celtic watch uh, watch the games. I don't know if they're together. They might be the other side of the pub from each other, but same pub. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. So, so Charlie, um, Atlanta um, feels like a city with incredible potential. Potential. You were talking about the World Cup uh, a little bit earlier, and I think. Probably Atlanta is one of the biggest cities in the US. I'm not sure, maybe top five for sure. What, what are your thoughts about the potential for growth in the future of the Atlanta Whites? Um, I think that we, obviously when we had Jesse Marsh and we had, and we had two and then three American players, uh, we were on the cusp of possibly becoming America's team and then we all know what happened there. Um, but, um, you know, we, there was one, but there wasn't, it was funny because we didn't really gain anybody because of Jesse Marshall or those players. We gained more people because of Bielsa and the football that he played. Mm. So it, so that whilst you might have thought, you know, that's a good plan and we but it didn't really didn't really happen. I think that um we're never gonna get that sort of Liverpool Arsenal uh, number, which to be honest with you, I think we're all all right with. Mm. Um, you know, if you if you're in, you're in uh, and that's it. There's no getting out. And um, so I, I think we'll continue to grow, especially if we go back to Premier League, um, or when we go back, uh, we, we will grow. But I always think that the growth will be relatively, uh, relatively steady as it's been since we started. Yeah. So what, 16 years out of the Premier League, when football was really starting to boom in America, really hurt us in terms of, you know, having thousands of, of fans in each city, you know, those those Americans that have taken to football and really, you know, passionately embraced it have picked one of the most of them have picked one of the top six teams. You know, yeah. Le Leicester won the whole thing a few years ago, right? There's not a single Leicester. No, never seen they never come. No, there's none of them. Well, maybe one or two in the whole city, right? So you're working against you know a fan base that's already chosen their their yeah. teams, and you're going to get the odd one or two folks that. You know, they're going to organically join us, but most of the 
most of the folks that like football have picked a team and we, we you know we, we we weren't one of the six because we were languishing in second and third 15th tier. in the championship mainly wasn't it yeah, yeah. what do yeah. you think What's the potential for the 49ers though? Clearly, like they're very established in the US and they're going they are US owner now with a lot of money behind them, a lot of personalities. And we hear that they want to grow the fan base in the US, but there's no infrastructure at Ellen Road. There's no marketing department really. There's, I think there's one person and they're trying to have, they've hired somebody from Wolves, apparently. So what do you think that might give us in terms of potential? I was gonna mention that, but I couldn't remember the guy's name. <laughs> Who's the head of the 49ers? Name, Somebody from all of this joined, apparently. I think they're delusional. I think they're delusional. I don't think they understand. I don't think they understand at, at the ground level that you know most Americans that that have started to love English soccer, sorry, football, have um, have already picked a picked a side. You know, I think I think they're delusional about it. And you can tell them that. <laughs> I don't know them. We have no contacts. <laughs> I think the I think the only way you'd see a real spike is if we were back in the Premier League and we signed what would be potentially an American star player, mm-hmm. and then you would possibly get the you know maybe teenage younger younger uh, kids then possibly latching onto Leeds. Uh, that that would to me would be the only way that you'd see them bump very quickly. Yeah, that's really that's a good uh, that's a good perspective, Charlie. Because what we've seen, especially with younger um, audience that's following football, they're following football based on a person and a personality as yeah, opposed right. to a team. I mean, you know, you look at Lionel Messi coming and now so many uh, Miami fans, which they're not really inter Miami fans, they're Lionel Messi fans. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so disappointing that Ty, we, we could have worked with Tyler Adams. Clearly, you didn't want to work with us, but he could have been that momentum star. Like the captain of the US national team, if they were going to go on and do things, mm. like clearly he didn't want to stay. I don't know how hard we tried to keep him. I think pretty hard, but he just wanted the premiership like other players that who shall remain nameless. Like to play in front of 12,000 pensioners with yeah. rugs across the knee. <laughs> right. Or not playing, as the case Or not playing. Or maybe their treatment table's more comfy than ours. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a new one, apparently. But anyway, <laughs> he has his own. He travels with it. Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Um, we've got a couple you know, of we've got a couple of younger Americans that have joined us in the last couple of years, but overall the you know the average age of the Atlanta United sorry Leeds United Atlanta supporters group is getting older and older. You know, um, there's there's not there's not that huge wave of of younger fans coming to join us. You know. Yeah, Mark. And uh, you know you've talked you know in the first part of the podcast about you know Mike Bellwood. I think your unofficial name is Leeds United America's Atlanta. How important is the relationship with LUA? And you know, where do you see Leeds United America's going in the future? Yeah, it, it's, you know, it was a long and convoluted history with Leeds United's supporters, North America, uh, as it started off as, and then... You know, I can't speak on Mike's behalf, but we kind of fell out with the Supporters Association during the Bates years. So we became, you know, LUA became an independent group. Yep. Um, you know, but Mike did such a fantastic job in the late 90s and 2000s to, you know, to, to, to bring people together that when he, when he kind of resigned from LUA, 
few months ago, it was a big, a big blow because uh, I don't think we'll ever find anybody prepared to put the hours in like he did in terms of helping the little grassroots um, or, you know, bringing people, you know, when people reach out to him and say, hey, I'm moving to Atlanta, do you know anybody there? And he'd immediately like fire stuff off and we got loads and loads of contacts over the years from him. Um, so I think Mike, you know, Mike um, stepping down is, is going to be a big blow. But, you know, we've just we've just been an independent group. We've never been an official group. We're kind of like a branch of LUA, just like a lot of other cities are. Uh, we don't get uh, any special dispensation from the club because, you know, we've never we've never tried to, re you know, once again, speaking on Mike's behalf, but I don't think he's ever tried to reestablish LUA as an official Leeds United uh, America's branch, which, you know, we, what was the point? You know, we, we got treated like shit for a lot of time. And, um, you know, we, um, I'm sure he'll be on the next podcast to correct me when I've got that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have him on next week just for that. <laughs> yeah, Charlie, any, any thoughts um, from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it, it again, it, Mike Bellwood is the uh, is the glue that sticks it all together. I was with him a few weeks ago in Washington, and we we had a we had a sort of Sunday afternoon, couple of hours, and uh, it was great just to talk about, uh, you know, the various years of following Leeds, and um, I think one of the great things that we've done was, uh, you know, getting people a couple of great meets of Leeds United Americas was one was in Chicago for when. Uh, Leeds played America in, uh, you know, uh, that uh, friendly. And that was fantastic. Um, you know, we, we had a wonderful weekend then. And then, obviously, the friendlies down in Miami uh, before the World Cup. And, uh, you know, we and that, again, was the organisation of Bellwood, the fact that we're all there and we're behind that goal was, was had to be 75% Leeds fans. And, you know, I was on the concourse at one point and there was a, I don't know, it was a, a kid with his dad and, you know, and he, I forgot what team they were, but, you know, he said to, he said to his dad, he says, dad, there's Leeds fans everywhere, you know, and <laughs> like, yeah, you know, but that was because of the organisation uh, of Leeds United Americas, you know, other, other clubs didn't have that, um, you know, we, we might not have the biggest sport, but we certainly probably got one of the best organising, but most tight knit, and that, that's due to Leeds United Americas. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, so what advice and encouragement do you have for other groups? Like, there's a lot of groups, maybe around twenty to thirty in the states now. What you've been well established for many years. What advice do you have for new groups starting up or for existing groups? I think you, you said organic growth and not pushing it too far and um, getting a good relationship with the bar and everything. But what other advice do you both have? I would I would say that you know I think I heard earlier that Bo does a lot of work trying to grow your group right yes and, you know we have ten bows in Atlanta because everybody's kind of an ambassador if they see anybody with a leaf shirt on that they don't recognize they're right in their face saying hey do you know we meet <laughs> you know uh, the, the, you know there was Nick Cook was on the the train to Southampton and he got talking to a guy from Atlanta that didn't know us. So he's now on a group. Charlie, you had what did you what happened to you? In I was in a local British shop uh, in Atlanta, which is um, in Colour Queen's Pantry, and a lovely lady Coventry fan that runs it. And uh, I was wandering around, I had my little lad with his leech shirt on, and this guy walked in and 
he would say, oh, I'm from York, you know, I support Leeds. I said, well, you know, we've got a group in town. No, you know, if you, I think if you're not active on social media, then uh, then sometimes you'll struggle. We're not the best on social media, we have to say that. Um, but, I mean, I think one of the best things that we have, and it's, it's a WhatsApp group, and so immediately when we meet somebody, ask them for their mobile phone number, if they're on WhatsApp, and that WhatsApp group goes through the week. Uh, whereby you know, we, and during the summer, you know, we're talking about cricket for one, you know, ones to talk about cricket. And even if the ones that can't make it every week, we actually stay in touch. And there isn't a day goes by really without messages on that WhatsApp group. And I, and I think possibly there's less bullshit than you might get on Twitter or on Facebook. And so you know, there's not the bickering and somebody trying to cause trouble. Uh, so I, I would recommend any branch to. You know, if you've got a, you know, got a good close-knit branch, create a WhatsApp group. Yeah, that's a nice idea. Yeah, yeah. and, and ev everybody in the group becomes an ambassador. So you can, you know, when I said when I said about going organically, I don't mean we're very passive about it. We see you with a league shirt, and we're right in your face. You know, so um, <laughs> you know, and and everybody naturally does it because you know they know how we then they've been in the for those when we've had 50, 60 people. And we've, we've, you know, outsang all the other larger teams in there and they love it and they want, they want to see more and more people in there. So it just becomes a natural thing for them to do when they're out and about, you know? Yeah, no. And I have a pretty cool story too, because I do a lot of the, the admin and, and a lot of the behind the scenes, but uh, a pretty cool story that we had a few weeks ago. So, uh, and, and Jeff and Callum and Lily, if you're listening to this, this is your story. Uh, so, um, yeah, a couple, Callum and Lily, were just walking in their neighborhood with their lead shirts on, and uh, they walked by, a, a guy recognized uh, the Leeds badge, and he went over, or, or somehow they ended up passing each other, and uh, a guy by the name of Jeff uh, and Lily and Callum just began a conversation, and he was like, oh, that's Leeds, and they were like, yeah, and so, you know, long story short, they uh, told Jeff where we met, uh, or where we meet, and uh, and he is like, a great part of our group now and again just you know organic word of mouth um and i get asked all the time uh i take my my boys to school um and i always pretty much every day i wear something of leads and i've had several um, parents that i've gotten to know this year um have asked me if i own a single piece of clothing that isn't <laughs> so my wife says to me <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, we, we try to do that as well. And, and I think that that's important too, is just taking those moments, you know, to be to be intentional, to be, um, yeah, I mean, strategic at some level, but if you see somebody or someone ask you a question, uh, feel free to to show some other, some Southern hospitality, which you have in Georgia, um, which we don't quite have the same in Denver, but uh, yeah, it's just going and welcoming, put your arm around somebody, letting them know that they're important and we'd love to have them. So it makes a huge, makes a huge difference because I mean we've got one guy that actually attends more games than anybody in the entire group, and he lives in Chattanooga. And Chattanooga is 110 miles from Atlanta. He he comes for every game, drives down, watches the game, drives back, gives me a ride home, which is great as well. And mm -hmm. uh, and you know and uh, goes back. I mean that is that's absolute dedication. But before that, he was sitting in Chattanooga watching the games on his own. And he will tell you that has totally changed his social life, having this group in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, thank you both very much for joining us. It's been phenomenal hearing the stories and meeting you both. And I hope we meet you again. We're definitely going to come and see you when we're in Atlanta now. I've been in the US nearly 25 years and it took me 
23 years to figure out how these groups work because I wasn't on Facebook and I got no connect. And I met Mike a couple of times, but I couldn't get connected. I was in Hawaii and Arizona and Boston and here. So I'm really glad we've been able to meet with you and meet with you know other folks as we go around as well. So I got one more very quick story sure, ahead, yeah. about how I took the piss out of Arsenal in the spring. Huh? So um, I got tickets for um, Arsenal away at the Emirates, first time at the Emirates. Yes. And we all, we all know how that... And I also had tickets for Palace at home a few days later, so I didn't do very well over those two games. But the Arsenal game was... I took my wife with me, and it was cold, it was miserable. I was sick to my stomach at the end of the game. And I was going, oh, well, I just want to go back to the hotel now. And she was going, no, your friend gave us exclusive post-match tickets to the Diamond Club at the Emirates. She goes, I'm cold, I'm miserable, want to go in. So we go in all bedraggled into this really posh area. There's a guy in the top hat who kind of looks at us like we shouldn't, didn't belong there. And we put, gave him our names and we were on the list. We got the lanards over our, over our necks go to this posh thing two floors up i'm feeling like crap didn't want to be there she's cold she's miserable we go to the very exclusive bar there and she goes after suffering through that you just got to get me that really nice glass of champagne so i'm like if she's drinking champagne i'm gonna drink their top shelf scotch and they had a lagavulin 15 year old lagavulin so I might as well. So I got my card out and the lady went, no, this is a complimentary bar, sir. And I was like, when do you close? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you've got an hour and a half. So um, I said, well, that'll be, that'll be a double lag of and then and a, and a large glass of champagne. And we sat, she got through a bottle and a half of champagne. I got through about six glasses of very, very expensive whiskey and kind of at the end of it felt a little bit better about the day that had there. Uh, you know, gone through, gone through the uh, Arsenal bar with great gusto at the end there. Yeah, anyway, it was great to meet you all. No, you too. I thought you were going to say you bumped into George Graham because he goes to a lot of the games still, doesn't he? Down there, but Ray Parler was there, but I kind of completely ignored him, and he completely ignored me. So <laughs> absolutely right. Anyway, all the best. Hopefully, you know we're going to do well this season. I'm, I'm hoping the two spot is going to be us, but we'll see how it goes. But I know the computer's predicting we're number three and going to win in the playoffs, but it doesn't know the history. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Been to three playoff finals and lost all three. That night at St. Andrews was uh, probably the most miserable night in my life. I was you're, not going, you're not allowed to go to the next one, Charlie. No, no, I'm banned from the next final. Well, at least it's at Wembley, hopefully. But anyway, we'll, we'll see you and then look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, have a Thank great you. weekend. Yeah, good. Thanks for the Thank you. Thank you.